This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rays baseball. There's a swing and a drive to center by Ramos. Back and it goes Ellsbury. To the wall. It is gone. Wilson Ramos with a two-run home run. And with one swing of the bat, he's given the Rays the lead. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week. Take a look around Major League Baseball and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider. Strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good morning. Welcome to our latest show, a busy one with the trade on Friday. Today we're going to chat with senior VP and GM Eric Neander. We'll get to know a bit a bit more about CJ Crone. We'll chat with uh, Dara, Durham manager Jared Sandberg about some future rays and much, much more. We continue on this week in race baseball. Our feature guest today is C.J. Crone, who's having a terrific start of the season for the race. C.J., we certainly appreciate some time on this week in race baseball. Yeah, no problem. Thanks tell, for having me. Tell me, um, now that you've gotten a chance to kind of digest it, what was it like being back in Anaheim for the first time since the trade? Yeah, it was different. Uh, it was definitely different going to the other side for once. Um, I mean, I I was with those with the organization for seven years, and I was drafted in 2011 by the Angels, so it's really the only the only team I ever knew. So going back, uh, it was odd, um, but we had a really good series. We, we took three or four, so it was definitely a uh, job well done. Who are you still closest with from that group? Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I'm close with. Probably the closest would be Cole. Um, we work out together in the off season. We're from the same area in Arizona, so I've known Cole forever. Um, he helped me a lot when I, my rookie year, kind of to get adjusted to uh, the big leagues, and it was nice to see him and, and nice to see all the guys, really. How about um, someone like Albert? Because it's kind of weird. You were sort of competing, but at the same time, they could have played one at first, one at DH. As, you know, he's playing some first base now. What was he like? Because Daniel Robertson on a previous show told me how much he's helped them there in the same agency. Yeah, um, AP was he was great to me. He was he. Uh, I mean, like like I said, my rookie year, he was still playing first primarily, so I DH'd quite a bit that year. But just taking ground balls over there, you have a, there's a lot of time to just talk about whatever you want to talk about and. Um, Really, what, anything, whether it was offensively, defensively, uh, the mental side of the game, um, Albert was definitely a guy that, that helped me for sure. And how has that helped you now? Like, when now that you've gotten the opportunity to play on a regular basis, how do you look back sometimes on some of the things he said or any other veteran that might have had a big influence? And who, if so, who in addition? Um, I mean, really all the guys. You kind of, when you're coming up, you, you really learn more by just watching and watching how guys go about their business. I think you can learn a lot more that way than than specific um, one-on-ones. But um, like, I, like I said, man, just watching how dudes like Albert Pujols, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer easily, um, how he goes about his day and how just how he prepares for a game. Um, I mean, you kind of just take that to heart and you kind of you want to mimic that because he's one of the best to do it. So I think in that aspect, um, just being around the, the veteran group of guys the Angels had helped me quite a bit. What have you taken from him since he said, you know, you mimic what you see guys do well? Uh, um, just the way he he comes to the field, he comes he, he he's always working. He's always taking ground balls, always hitting the cage. Um, 
and some stuff that I'm even I mean uh, also with uh, with Albert he was he was banged up quite a bit um, the past few years so just watching him play through to whatever it was just to help the team it kind of just showed the mentality you have to have to be successful and um, I take a, a lot of that with me. You talked about kind of learning by watching. How much of your learning happened in your formative years when you were a kid, hanging around your dad, who was a major league player and still is a is a coach uh, throughout the minors? Yeah, uh, the same kind of deal. You you just learned just from being there. I was a little kid, so um, I guess I didn't even know any different. But looking back, being around um, a minor league ballpark when you're five years old is not normal. So uh, I I look back now and. Um, and just think about how awesome it was to be able to, to be around the dudes. And um, I, I kept score a bunch in the, in the, in the dugout during the game. So um, I, like to, I like to think all that sort of groomed me and helped me to be where I am today. Who were your favorites as a kid? Who were the guys that you have fond memories of when you were a, to- I mean, a toddler, but a little guy? Uh, the one guy that always sticks out for me is Joe Creedy um, with, the, with the White Sox. He, uh, he was always super nice. I remember he'd always take his time out of his day to play catch or, or throw me throw me some balls, try to hit him and, and stuff like that. And back in I think '05 when the um, when the White Sox ended up winning the World Series, uh, I got to I got to uh, say hi to him again then um, when we went down for a few games. So just little things like that, making himself available was was um, super cool. Was there a favorite park as a kid, and how does it compare to your favorites now? Well. Now my favorites are on the big leagues, which is cool. Um, I only grew up around minor league parks, but, um, you know, I was so young that they all kind of blended together. It seems like looking back, I'm not really, I don't, not, not one in particular sticks out. Um, but I'm sure if I went back, I would recognize little things here and there. At what age did you want to be a big leaguer? Was it at baseball? I mean, obviously you grew up around it, but that doesn't mean there are a lot of guys who grew up around the game and don't want to be part of the game as a player. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's a specific time, but I, I mean, I remember swinging a bat when I could first walk. So I guess it was always ingrained in me to this is what I wanted to do, and I never, never thought anything different. Um, I mean, I knew in growing up in little league and high school that this was I'm going to give it my all and see where this thing can take me. So um, looking back, it was all pretty beneficial. You've obviously adjusted extremely well to a new environment. What's been the hardest part about that? Uh, honestly, the Rays made it really easy for me. Um, they, they've been helping me along the way. Uh, when I first got here, they they, they uh, treated me with open arms, and just the the reception I received was awesome. Um, I guess making meeting all the guys for the first time. I'm, that's why I was glad the trade happened before spring was to kind of kind of gel with the dudes and um, kind of get that head start. Obviously, you've been kind of the top power guy in the Rays lineup. Did the home run against the Angels mean any more to you than any of the others you've hit, either with them or with the Rays? Uh, I don't know about any more. I mean, obviously, in the context of the individual game, I think it was, it, I mean, Skaggs and uh, and Arch were going head-to-head, so getting that run, the first run of the game in the sixth, I think it kind of propelled the offense a little bit. So in that aspect, it, it was pretty big. Um, other than that, it, I was just glad to, to put us on the board there. In terms of you as a, as a ball player, I know you were first base in DH. You mentioned you DH'd a lot as your first year, but what's the greatest challenge in DHing, and how do you occupy your mind during the course of the game? Because I think everybody does it differently, and who helped you with that? Yeah, um, I think DH, it, the, the hardest thing is the mentality aspect, where you get out your first at bat. If you're playing first, you can go out to the field, and, and your mind's completely off it. You, you try to make a good play. You try to help the pitcher out. When you're DH, you don't have that luxury. You um, The hardest part for me was to 
tell myself my swing's okay. One of that's not going to make my day um, that that specific day. So I think uh, mentally it's just you really just have to kind of take away, get away from the game, whether it's just talk to whoever in the dugout or in the locker room just about dumb stuff off the field. It's, it's almost like you have to disengage yourself um, just just so you can kind of clear your head and uh, get get to that next at bat. I don't know. Do you have a set routine? Because I know some guys, God, Dan Johnson, who hit that big home run here in, in 2011, he used to actually tell me he'd do crosswords sometimes in between at bats, uh, or he'd go – ride a bike for a little bit or do you what types of do you have a routine between at bats as to what you do during the game uh nothing specifically um obviously before i come back in i like to take a few balls off off the machine just to kind of see that velocity maybe the half inning before um but other than that it's it's kind of just like whatever i'm feeling like i've done a sudoku in between at bats before in relation with that crossword thing but uh no it's just uh Honestly, whatever you can to take your mind off the last at bat and to refocus for the next one. Your Sudoku skills are pretty good, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't call them good, but they're they're developing, I guess. <clears throat> and how much does it help too to play first base? You're not doing it every day, but you're doing it at least a couple times a week to have that in the field engagement and and not be DHing all the time. I think it's super beneficial. Um, I mean, I, I I enjoy playing the field. I like playing first. I would prefer to do that as much as I can. So. Being not being a strict DH, I think, is is also made the transition a little bit easier. I still get out there, like you said, three, two or three, maybe sometimes even four days a week. So um, I cherish those those times on the field, and I definitely enjoy them. Is it a greater appreciation for a guy? Look, the Rays played the Red Sox this week. David Ortiz since retired, but there are so few guys now who DH all the time. Is there a great? Do you appreciate it more? I don't know if the fans do how hard it is to DH every single day. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for sure. Um, with Ortiz, he—I mean—that's what he does. That's what he—that's that's what he did. So he was probably the best to ever do it. As a, remember him and Edgar. Um, but no, it takes a special breed. You have to—you have to do. I mean, you can't treat it the same as playing the field every day. It has to be different. And um, I'm not sure what he did in between the bats, but whatever it was, it sure worked for him. Certainly, you seem to have a, a fairly serious side in terms of the game, and you're very focused, but. Give me an idea as to your personality and our fans. Uh, what do you like to do to relax off the field? What's important to you? Yeah, um, I like to just 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 take it easy. Really, I like to um, relax, play video games. I'm a big sports fan, so I'm, I'm from Arizona. So all the all the Arizona teams like to follow pretty closely. Um, that's about it. It's it's um, mostly just the relaxation off the field. Favorite uh, Arizona team that you do follow outside is whom, and you have a favorite athlete. Um. I'm I'm a, I'm a big Suns fan. I had season tickets last year, uh, so Devin Booker obviously is up there. He's about the only bright spot of that team now with the new coach and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see the developments there. But uh, no, the Coyotes, the uh, the Cardinals, all those teams, man, I, I follow them pretty closely. So it's fun. What's your hoops game like? Uh, it's fallen off a little bit, I guess, but I feel like I can still shoot a little bit. And your video game of choice then would be uh, would be what? Since you do like to play a bit, are you a Fortnite guy or what's your game? I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite. Uh, I like to play FIFA quite a bit, um, NBA 2K, just whatever sports games really, um, just to kind of just relax, I guess. And obviously that helps in a clubhouse, and it seems to be a pretty good atmosphere. So do you, are you a champion of, of any of those games in the clubhouse? Do you play a lot? No, we don't, we don't really play in the clubhouse too much. It's more of an off-the-field thing, I think. But, uh, no, there's a, there's a few guys that play, so we'll get on the, the party chat and, 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 and chat after, um, at home. But, um 
No, no, nothing special. You talk smack, or, or are you are you better than most? Where, where, where's your ranking with those guys? Uh, I think Jay Mack, our club, he's probably the best by far. But um, we know we just have fun. There's not much smack talking. And in terms of this team, I mean, obviously your goal is is like everybody else. You want to get to the postseason. You want to get back there. You've been there before. What will it take with this group, and what's made this group fun? Uh, I think. All it'll take is consistency, really. We've shown flashes where we can win a bunch of games in a row and we can beat good teams. Um, the only problem is we, sometimes we, our, our losing streak's a little bit longer than, than we need them to be. So um, just try to find that consistency, win series, win, win series. and, um, I mean, this team's definitely is good enough. I think we've proven that. So hopefully we can just um, keep it going. We've been playing well, so hopefully keep it going tonight. How have some of the veterans helped, too, Carlos, Sergio, in kind of keeping things even because you guys have found a way to get out, as you mentioned, from holes. Yeah. Um, I mean, our, our team's super young. There's no there's no way around that. But uh, just having those guys just telling us that um, we're a lot better than I think we started 4-13 and 13 or whatever it was. But that was probably the toughest time. And, that, and they were just saying, guys, like, we're way better than that. We've played. We've been around the game for a while. Um, they've seen what bad teams look like, and we're definitely not one of those. So, um no, just keep our head up. It's a long. It was a long season. It's it is a long season, and uh, just try to win games. Well, you've done a good job in helping the wins Rays win the games they have. We certainly appreciate some time to get to know you on this week in Rays baseball. All right, thank you. That's C.J. Carone, and we'll continue in just a moment. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to this week in Rays baseball. Neil Solon's with you. It certainly has been a very busy week for the Rays. A week that included a major league debut by a top prospect. And join me to discuss Willie Adamas, among other things, is the manager of the Durham Bulls as he joins us from Louisville, Kentucky, where the Bulls are taking on the Reds affiliate. The Bats is Jared Sandberg. Jared, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. First, let's start with Willie. He knew this was going to be a short stay because uh, Joey Wendell was going on paternity. How do you think... Uh, first few days in the big leagues can help Willie getting to see what it's like up there and then obviously having some things to work on before he goes back. Yeah, it's all positive. I think, uh, you know, the one question that I was asked before he went up is how he would handle it if he knew it was going to be for a couple of days. And, um, you know, Willie's has come a long way. He's very mature uh, beyond his years. So, um, you know, he could handle it. And I think just going up there and getting the, getting the taste and, you know, getting that initial burn off, I think um, it was uh, special for him. It was tremendous uh, for him to go up there and experience it, and just know uh, know where the clubhouse is. You know, you know, see the lights and the opposing team and all that stuff. And next time he goes up, he'll be definitely better prepared. I think it was a humbling experience, but also uh, him for him to hit his first homer and make some solid defensive plays, but also you know make the air. I think uh, he comes down with. Uh, you know, I think a good mindset of some definitely some things to work on and what to expect next time when he goes up. Obviously, he's improved since you had him at the beginning of last year. Where do you think he's improved the most as a ball player on and off the field? Wow. Um, I mean, you're talking about a young player that, you know, kind of skyrocketed through the system and uh, has performed at all levels, but on and off the field, I mean, he's a, he's a special, special person. And, I think uh, the defense has come a long way from what we saw last year, uh, the improvements that he made in the second half uh, and into this year. Um, and then, you know, he's got tremendous confidence. So uh, when he goes to the plate, he wants the spotlight. He wants to be uh, the guy at the plate driving in the winning run. Uh, he's a special talent, a special player, and an awesome kid to be around. 
No doubt about that. And he was a pro's pro during the few days he was here. And he's not the only kid who has a lot of talent. Now, Jake Bowers has not made his big league debut yet, uh, but he seems to be playing, at least by the numbers, pretty well. What have you seen from Jake so far this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, he got off to a little bit of a slow start maybe the first uh, week or so. We had that cold weather up in Toledo and Columbus. But uh, from an extra base standpoint, uh, average standpoint, uh, he's, he's put together some some good numbers. You know, the power, uh, the doubles, the homers. Uh, he's put together a really good season, especially when, uh, you know, he was here all year last year and there was a little bit of pressure on him this year to, to produce even more. Um, and I think after that first week or so he kind of relaxed and just kind of let the game come to him and he's been fun to watch this year and eric neander has said look we're we're creating an avenue for guys we want opportunity for them when the time is right and obviously that was part of the trade that occurred this week he did play the outfield for the first time this week correct this year yeah jake yeah jake uh played right field he's going to be playing some left field here uh today and tomorrow and then just start a, a rotation of uh, playing some first base and some outfield and you know he played a lot of outfield last year and, and, and the year before so just a matter of um in his words getting him out there and and uh you know seeing a fly ball and and uh, making some throws but uh, he's he's just fine defensively in the outfield um covers decent ground and shows a strong arm I mean, I, I really like him at first base he's a he's a mm-hmm. plus defender at first base um, but, yeah, for him to get that experience out in the outfield is only going to help him. Certainly the versatility can't hurt, and he's not the only guy who played the outfield this week. Kian Wong did it for the first time, correct? Um, and and uh, how did he look? And, and more so, how's his offensive game improved from last year? Yeah, when we asked him uh, to go out there and get, get some work in left field, he was really, really excited because he knew that uh, it would – provide more versatility for him to play a couple positions on the uh, dirt and then also to be able to go out to the outfield is only going to help him so uh, he's got some good work in uh, here in Durham with Ben Johnson our third base and outfield coach and and uh, he went out there and, and caught a few fly balls the, the first game and this huge smile I think it sends a relief uh, that you know, he didn't mess anything up but he looks really good out there he's covering some ground um, speed actually plays up and and the arm uh, was actually a little bit better out there in the outfield. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll continue to get him out there every every couple of days and give him the experience, and hopefully that uh, he'll be more and more comfortable out there. But uh, he's put together a, a really good offensive season. I think he's in the top couple uh, hitters in the league in batting average and uh, very aggressive but at the plate, but he's also managed the strike zone very well and um, hit some homers. My, I had a little worry coming into the season – this year after he hit the grand slam last year in our championship game, you know, that he was going to try and do too much this year, but he's um, been steady and very consistent and put together a, a solid season uh, in his second stint here at AAA. And uh, he's, um, he's, he's knocking on the door of the big leagues as well. I mean, he's uh, people forget he's what only 22 years of age and he's hitting 330 with over a 900 OPS. He seemed to me in spring training to be physically stronger than he was the year before too. Yeah, he put some good work in this this winter to get stronger and faster. And uh, he was hindered by a little bit of a hamstring injury earlier this season, but uh, he's running really well, um, and he's he's definitely stronger. He, as you mentioned, came back to AAA. Um, it's new to Joe McCarthy, but he continues to be an on base machine. What have you liked most about Joe's game? Yeah, Joe. Uh, played all three outfield positions and some first base so he's got some versatility with him as well but um you know I, we asked him to 
look for more power uh, coming into the season, which it can be uh, a tough task for a young hitter to try and hit for more power, especially for a guy that's so patient. But um, I think it's just going to come down to him being a little more aggressive with balls in the strike zone because he likes to work, work at counts and work at bats and take pitches. But uh, with his strength that he's got and his capability of hitting the ball at the ballpark, um, he's, done a, he's done a good job of, uh, of getting to that pull side power this year and um, he hit a ball out of the stadium in Charlotte uh, for one of his homers and it was, it was impressive but uh, you know he's making some adjustments to the league and the league is making some adjustments to him and uh, we'll see this next go around how uh, what kind of adjustment he makes as he continues to take off. Chatting with Jared Sandberg manager of the Durham Bulls and Jared you know with Alex Colomay traded obviously eventually it's going to create opportunities in the Rays bullpen you've got some really talented kids first give me your take on Diego Castillo and then Ian Jabot. Yeah, uh, Diego. Um, he's, in, he's in the middle of a, a pretty long scoreless streak right now, but uh, the overall body of work this year has been very, very impressive. Uh, the strikeouts, um, just the ability to throw strikes, but you know it's a plus fastball at you know 97 to 100, and and then the the wipeout slider that he's got. Um, he went through a little, I don't know, a couple outing phase where the other teams maybe had in a scouting report where they weren't really swinging, they were taking and he made a good adjustment of getting back into the strike zone. So, um, you know, with all the success he had last year and then now what he's doing, um, it, it's impressive. And I think we can all dream what uh, Diego can do at the back end of a bullpen in the big leagues. And, and the other thing, too, he's put on his resume this year is, you know, he's pitched multiple innings, uh, two-plus at times, and he was able to maintain his stuff, and he recovered uh, very well the next couple of days. So um, we're looking at a, a – possibly an elite big league bullpen arm. And Jabot? Yeah, Ian, you know, new to AAA, he's come up and, uh, again, similar type stuff, big fastball, uh, slider, and, and change up in the, in the low 90s, which is impressive. And um, he's, he's just not giving up any hits or runs, and uh, he's put together an impressive run. You know, a guy that's not on the 40-man, but uh, a guy that uh, in the future is going to be a huge part of the Rays bullpen. But uh, he's been very, very impressive, and, you know, it's a luxury for me and uh, Rick Knapp, pitching coach here in Durham, to be able to call on those those two guys at any point in the game to either close the game out in the sixth inning or or actually finish the game in the in the eighth. So, uh, Ian's put together a fantastic first uh, go around in AAA. Jared, great stuff as usual. Good luck today in Louisville against the Bats. We appreciate a few minutes, and I'm sure we're going to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. That is the manager of the Durham Bulls, Jared Sandberg. Before we continue on this week in Rays baseball, why don't we pause for station identification. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. This is 620 WDAE St. Petersburg. WPTP HD3 Clearwater and 95.3 FM. Home of the Rays. Heard Durham's manager, Jared Sandberg, speaking about Willie Adamas and others. Willie, of course, this week made his Major League debut, and when he was here, I asked Willie what he hoped to learn from his experience this week. You know, I think it's going to help me a lot because, you know, these three days going to give me a taste of the big leagues, you know, being around the guys over here, you know, get to know them a little much, a little, little more. And, no, it's going to be good for me because it's already, you know, I already have done good things and bad things on the field but you know it's going to get me more mature for the next time that I come back if something happens you know and I'm just going to I think it's going to help me to 
to be the same guy in any situation you know, to get the, the, the opportunity to be here and, you know, to, to trying to do my thing every day, trying to be the same guy. Does the experience also just getting to, you can hear about uh, Chris Sale, uh, David Price, uh, you know, a top-level player, but to see them in person, does it, you think that helps you too? Of course, of course, you know. When you see them on TV, you just, you know that they're pretty good, but when you face them, that's how, you, that's when you know that they're pretty good, you know. And for me to, to face them on, on Crimbo, it, you know, it's going to help me a lot because they are pretty good. They're one of the best guys in the, in the league, so for me it's going to give me more more mature on the, in the box. Does it give you also a better idea of things that you want to work on? Like you, They may say, hey, you want to work on this, but then when you see it or when you play just a couple of games, does it give you a better idea of things that when you go back down, okay, this is where I really need to? Yeah, of course. We're already, like, hitting, hitting, hitting-wise, already, you know, we're already watching videos and some things that, that I was doing wrong, so we already were, were working on that. So I'm going to take that down, too, and, you know, trying to get better and trying to just be the best guy that I can be to get here quickly. There's a lot of guys on that Durham team, too, that are pretty talented as well. Jake Bowers, Justin Williams, Joe McCarthy. Can your experience also help them to give them just a feel for, hey, you know, th- this may work here. This Yeah, of course. You know, we like it's like like I said before, when you see the guys on TV, we already talk about it. But now that I face them, now, you know, I got something that I can tell them and trying to help them when they get here. And, you know, we always talk about it, about everything, to try to try help each other to get better. So, What are the biggest things that you want to work on to, you, I know to stay, but to be a really good big leaguer? What are the areas that you want to grow the most this year? Uh, I always say that I got to be more consistent in defense. So, and for me here in the big leagues, you know, you got you to gotta be consistent. You got to do your thing every day, trying to make the routine plays. And, and trying to be the same guys in, in the situation when you're doing good and bad. And for me, you know, I'm just trying to get everything that can help me from the guys, the veteran guys over here, and just get down and go down and work on it. And has it been fun? I mean, have you enjoyed it? I mean, you, you, it's been hard to catch your breath. It's been hard because, you know, we, are, we lost the two games. But it's been a good experience for me. It's, it's been special for me, and I just want to thank the race for the opportunity, you know, trying to come back and help the team. Classy kid in one Willie Adamas again made his major league debut this week. Now, Christian Arroyo already had made his big league debut with the Giants last season, but this week he played his first major league game in his backyard. I asked Christian, who, of course, went to Hernando High, uh, and how important it's been to him to get back to the majors. I mean, getting to do it home is one thing, but uh... – you know, getting to, to come out and meeting the team in Kansas City, getting to fly to Anaheim, and then taking three out of four against a good Angels team was was awesome. I mean, it's uh, it's always fun to get back to the big leagues. It's always fun to be in the big leagues. This really is the only place to play. But uh, you know, it was, it was exciting, and it's uh, you know, it's just time to get to work and, and keep working. Last year, you had the unfortunate issue, obviously, when you got hit in the in the hand injury that followed. How has this stretch been different for you yeah i mean it's really just about being able to play you know being healthy and, and getting to get a lot of bats and see arms and just finally get a groove going you know for me last year it was uh started struggling a little bit got sent down got hit in the wrist early and then had two weeks off came back and then bam broken hands so it was basically 
you know, from the first time I got hit, I believe, in the middle of June until when I was getting surgery in July, I, I really wasn't playing baseball. Even when, even when I went to the Dominican Republic, I knew I wasn't 100% healthy. So, you know, I was more focused on my hand and the health of that than actually trying to go out there and play. And sure enough, it was still broken. So, uh, you know, to, to know that that's behind me and that, you know, my hand is, is feeling good, is, it's, it's definitely encouraging. And in terms of, you know, a different league, I mean, that's also a challenge too because I'm sure there are a lot of pitchers you had not seen before before this call-up. Yeah, I mean, uh the I had the luxury of playing against a lot of the Red Sox guys and the Yankees guys and uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of the Blue Jays guys and stuff in, in Double A in, in the Eastern League. But I mean, you're right. I mean, besides that, it was mostly Diamondbacks, Rockies. Uh, played against the A's guys in High A, but for the most part, um, yeah, you're playing against different players. So a lot of these guys you don't really get to see, and obviously you're facing really good arms you're facing chris sale and david price and joe kelly and craig kimbrell and you know tyler skaggs and heaney and tropiano and all those guys from anaheim so i mean these are all veteran veteran big league pitchers so uh you know when you get to face guys like that it's it's definitely different but uh you know it's it's still uh it's still that learning period they're they're trying to learn you and you're trying to learn them so uh, really just got to go in and with an open mind and try to get as much information as you can from every about you had missed a couple of weeks in durham too so are you still playing a little bit of catch-up too or, or uh you know yes and no i mean there's days where i'll feel really good at the plate and there's other days where you know i'm still searching a little bit i just haven't really gotten to fully lock it in um you know went down with a calf strain so that was unfortunate and uh, actually started feeling really good as soon as I went down with it in, uh, in Durham. So I feel like I was kind of uh, turning the corner on that. But then, you know, things happen for a reason. So uh, I went down and tried to make sure I could get healthy and then came back and was still trying to battle through it. And, uh, you know, I got to – I've been working with uh, with Chad, our hitting coach, and, uh, you know, he's been helping me out a lot. Dan DeMint was helping me a lot in AAA. But it was just a matter of just kind of getting your timing back and just getting the reps in. So uh, – you know, I think I think for me, I just got to keep that mental that mental side of it intact, and then uh, you know the rest will take care of itself. I think race fans kind of see this week as almost like a glimpse of what's to come. As good as this team has played, they look at you and Willie getting his first opportunity, yeah. and Jake eventually, and obviously Daniel is shine this year about what the future looks like. Yeah. And uh, you've seen a lot of that now with Durham too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, we were a really good team in Durham. We got the bullpen's lights out. Uh, like you said, Willie and Jake, very impressive players. Keen Wong was tearing it up. Andrew Velasquez, I mean, he plays multiple positions, and he plays those defensive positions at a very high rate. You know, I mean, it's it's almost impressive. And Justin Williams and Joe McCarthy, I mean, you got a lot of young players that are just coming up that are hungry and ready to win and ready to play. And, I mean, that team's been playing well in AAA. And uh, even coming up here, you know, you got the mixture of the veteran guys. you got Arch, you got... Kiermaier, I know he's hurt, but he's still around. He's still a presence in here, you know, kind of keeps it loose. Brad Miller, um, you know, we have, a, we have a good group of guys, C.J. Crone. Uh, I mean, really, there's no one on the team that's – everyone's kind of got the same goal in mind, just have fun, play the game hard. But it, they've also done a really good job of showing uh, the younger guys, you know, kind of how to how to handle themselves and stuff. I mean, Johnny Venders is a huge example, too, because all the stuff that he's gone through. But, you know, he's here now, and he's teaching guys kind of – just to relax. You just get, you know, if you're ever feeling bad, go talk to Johnny. He's gonna make you feel good. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna tell you everything's gonna be all right because he's been through a lot. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting to see Willie get his first chance. Um, 
you know, it's just exciting to see everyone. It's exciting to see D-Rob out here doing his thing. And, you know, I mean, when a guy builds some confidence at the big league level like that and he starts feeling something, he's working on something at the plate, and he can t- take, you know, keep that approach every single day, I mean, it's encouraging. You know, it's sometimes you feel like you get it for a week and then it goes away for a week. So whenever you get it to stick in and even when you're not doing well, to keep doing the same stuff, it's huge. So, you know, it's just fun. You know, Alvarado's been throwing well. I mean, Yanni was throwing well before he got hurt. But, uh, you know, I know Honeywell's on the DL, but I know he's excited to get back out here with us, uh, you know, next year. And, you know, it's 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 exciting times. And how exciting has it been for your family, uh, especially on a homestand? Yeah, and it's it's been it's been awesome. My mom gets to, gets to watch every game, and uh, she's got a little knee thing going on right now. But uh, she came to the first game, and then besides that, you know, my little sister's birthday was yesterday, so she got to stay home, but also get to watch me play. So, you know, it was it was kind of it's it's been really special. And, and we hope the special times continue for one Christian Arroyo. Now, coming up on this week in Rays baseball, hear from a 20-year Rays employee, a special Rays grandmother, and Sergio Romo on starting. All after this, you're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Time now for our latest feature on 20-year employees in its 20th anniversary raise season. This is Jennifer Tran. I'm the Vice President of Human Resources and Organizational Engagement, and I began with the team April 1st of 1996. When I was hired full-time, it was a very exciting day for me. Um, You know, we had been awarded a Major League Baseball franchise, and I was going to get to be an integral part of trying to help in any way possible to um, help facilitate that um, on a very small scale, of course, because it was my very first job. Um, but it was a very exciting day, and I just remember being very young and green and not knowing what to expect and not really knowing much about the world of baseball or what was ahead of me, and that was 22 years ago. So tell me what's been the best part about working with the Rays. For me, um, being involved with human resources and the community side, um, it's our staff. I mean, really, we are genuinely a family here. Um, we get to laugh and play together, and we get to have challenges together, you know, in trying to accomplish each of our, um, you know, individual duties and organizational goals. But it really, for me, as a staff, that's the best part about working here at the race. The team obviously has had some accomplishments, great ones on the field. But tell me personally, in 20-plus years, what do you feel is your greatest accomplishment as an employee and why? I think having the opportunity to find my calling in my career is really my greatest accomplishment here um, with the organization. You know, I started, you know, when I was very young, I was 18 years old when I started working here full time. And, you know, initially I thought I wanted to work in accounting and I was working in administration. And then when an opportunity came open in human resources, I, you know, applied for it and ended up getting it and it really helped you know pave the path of where I wanted to go with my career um, so I feel like that's my greatest accomplishment in, in working for the Rays was having the opportunity to learn and grow and then ultimately find where I wanted to be. What is one thing that makes you unique that you have not mentioned about yourself? I have worked here more than half my life which I think is pretty unique. Um, this was my very first job though I mentioned starting here at 18 I actually really started here when I was 16 years old so um, I literally, quite literally grew up here, and uh, I always joke around that, you know, I was born and raised in St. Pete. I was born at Bayfront Medical Center, and then I kind of tiptoed across the street to Tropicana Field to come and work here. So definitely, I, I guess that's probably the most unique thing about me is being here for more than half my life. 
That is Jennifer Tran. Congrats to her on her life so far with the Rays. Now, she's a great story, but so is Willie Mae Footman, who today is being recognized as the Rays' honorary Batgirl. Willie Mae is Malik Smith's grandmother. She's an incredible volunteer and beat breast cancer eight years ago, and I asked her what it means today to be recognized by the Rays. It's uh, very exciting to be recognized. Uh, I thought um, about two years ago, uh, being recognized by, I worked for Girl Scouts uh, over 20 years ago, and then I came back and won a big award from them, you know, after 20 years, and then to win another, you know, come back and be recognized by the Rays is more you know, exciting than, you know, you know, it just gets better and better every time. And I'm just like, Lord, what am I doing? You know, they keep, you know, being honored, you know, and uh, I just, I've worked hard, you know, all my life and, and I enjoy working with people and I enjoy working with children and um, I just love it. And it's just paying off now, I think. Every grandmother is proud of their grandkids, but are, is it a, you have a special level of pride for Alex um, and what he's accomplished so far? I do. We the only thing um, Alex and I um, we used to when he was a little boy we used to fight over the television. You know, he went to watch cartoons and I didn't, <laughs> and that was the only fight we had. Other than that, uh, I'm very proud of Alex. You know. Very, very proud of him because he was a hard, he, all, all of my uh, daughter's children were very hard workers in school, and, and Malice was uh, a very hard worker in his sports, no matter what sport it was. He was very hard. His mom had to make him one day out of the year stop. I think that was uh, Thanksgiving, and he had to stop. And uh, he had to stop um, a sport, stop practicing that day, and uh, and have Thanksgiving. And uh, and any of my grandkids, you know, I have a lot of, I have over 25 grandkids and grandkids, and over 23, uh, 22 great grands. And so if they, whatever they did, I would follow them up on it, you know. So I follow Mallets a lot because he wanted me to, you know, and I follow him up on it. So. He told me that he's learned a lot from you um, about, you know, keeping a family together. And, and, and I, I would guess, is that what you're proudest of, even beyond all the volunteer work you've done? Yes, I'm very proud of that. Not only with, uh, not only with my grandkids, I worked at uh, an elementary school for 36 years. I worked with Parks and Recreation for 30 years, and I worked for Girl Scouts for 10 years. So... Those kids, I treated them just like my children, and I volunteer now at the hospital. And so those children, uh, matter of fact, Monday when I volunteer, the, some children came to the um, I, um, came to the hospital, and they were like, "Oh, there's Miss Footman, there's Miss Footman, there's Mom." You know, they still call me Mom. You know, and they say she said. I mean, they say she treat me like my mom, you know, and I still try to help them. You know, I, I try to help them just like just like they're my children. So I try to help them in any way, and I'm going to treat all of them the same. That is Willie Mae Footman. Again, she is Malik Smith's grandmother and honored today as part of the Going to Bat Against Breast Cancer Initiative. Back to the field where one story this week was Tampa Bay using a reliever to start games. And I asked Sergio Romo, who's done it most, if his personality was perhaps best equipped to handle it. 
I do feel like it's a uh, go figure. I'm the guinea pig, um, but uh, it is fun for me also. You know, uh, this is an opportunity to do something that I always wondered. Hey, I wonder what it does feel like to start a major league baseball game, and they're giving me that opportunity, and I'm taking it as a blessing. Uh, but I'm also taking it as for what it is. It's a chance they feel that I can help out in that first inning. Okay, I'm all for it. Why? Because they're not asking me to do anything any different, period. They're just asking me to do my job, black and white. It just happens to be in the first. It was Herm Edwards, the football coach, always said, you know, had that rant on TV, they, you know, you play to win the game. This really isn't any different. You're just playing to win the game differently. It really is. You know, uh, from a uh, statistical standpoint, it kind of makes sense to try to attack it this way. If you can limit certain occurrence in a certain inning that seems to be a consistent occurrence, not just on one side or one team, but throughout the entire league. I mean, that seems to make sense. So, um, again, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, nor do I feel my team is trying, my organization is trying to disrespect anybody. We're legitimately just outside the box thinking of ways to win within rules, within regulation, within what we're able to do. So... Here we go. <laughs> the hardest thing I would guess to do, and you can speak to it, would be the adrenaline rush of pitching in the 7th, 6th, 7th, 8th, or ninth inning of a game and trying to make sure you can make that exist in the first inning of the game. Has that been the hardest part for you? Because obviously against the Angels, it didn't look that hard, but I have to imagine there's got to be some of how do you create the energy in the first inning. Uh, well, the energy is definitely there. The, the, the difference that what was hard for me was – the kind of energy it was a different energy it was a different burst it was a more controlled energy in a sense from it wasn't just a phone call the, the phone rings hey you're in the game two minutes later you just made five to ten throws and now you're in the game that is like an extreme rush where it's like all right i got I, there's no time to think there's no time nothing uh it's let's just go you had it that's why you you know, you verse, you verse your role beforehand. You know who you're going to face, when you're going to face. You, you know, you have your, you have your plan, your, your own, but you just revert to that. Now, going into a start, it was excitement because, I mean, first off, they're announcing your name, and it's in the lineup. And I'm like, whoa, huh, it is my name. Starting pitcher. And then they say my name. I was like, wow. So I was excited in that aspect. Never done it before in a big league. So... I mean, it was a completely different rush. The second day, it I wasn't as nervous because I will admit I was a little nervous, more on the anxious side. Like, okay, let's get this going. There's a little bit more downtime, more time to think. Uh, it's kind of not my thing. <laughs> so, but it was it was still fun. It was still the same excitement of going. Hey, they're asking you to do something cool. They're asking you know do something that's difficult, but still awesome because at the end of the day. I get to pitch in the big leagues. What's, I mean, other than being a dad, what's better than that, right? I would I would agree with that. And I would think also from, is there anything other than the time that you have that was different for you? Uh, time, like service time-wise? No, I mean, in oh, yes, terms yes, of, yes, yes. yes what, and, and if so, what? Now, I think just the time. I mean, the, the time to think, the time to wonder, going, okay, cool, like, all right. Wait, hey guys, when do I go? When do you guys? Asking all the other stars, when do you go out to warm up? When do you go stretch your legs? Like, when do you do this? What time? You know, that type of time. Like, I, I did 
I did feel that a little bit, like, because I didn't know. I, I mean, it's it's completely new to me, and I never really paid attention to that because I most I respect starters most on their start days. I kind of stay away if they come say hi, or I just acknowledge them, and if they acknowledge me back, they acknowledge me back. If not, it is what it is, and we go about our day the way we should. And so, uh, but I'm just again, I'm I'm thankful, you know, that you know for these opportunities, you know, and it's new to me, but. I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> That's it. And that is Sergio Romo. And he will begin today's game, too, his fourth opener in the team's past three series. Now, the biggest and most recent story of the week was a trade, of course, of Denard Span and Alex Colomay to Seattle. I asked senior VP and GM Eric Neander why the timing was right to do it now. In any transaction or trade, you don't have full control over the timing. You do from the standpoint of saying yes or no, but the the pace at which any other team is moving is something you can't control in full and you know for us this was an opportunity uh you know to acquire you know a couple of pitchers we like one that is you know near major league ready and can fit in with the group that we've had we've talked about that publicly to this point and it's been a focus of ours to enhance that young controllable group that can play together a long time uh and this is when the opportunity presented itself it's not something that we were actively looking to accomplish uh, but there was a team in Seattle that was motivated to act now and to do something now and you know it's it's our duty responsibility to be responsive to anything that's you know kind of presented to us and and where there's a push to get something done and uh, that ultimately led to this going down so uh, the the to do something in mid-May, you know, it's it's not necessarily the time where you typically see something done. It's not necessarily our preferred time to make a deal like this. You know, I think we would have loved to see this team settle in, especially the way they're playing lately, give that a little more time and, you know, move it closer into the summer when you have a better sense for where you are competitively. But, uh, you know, that's, like I said, it's the time you can't always control the whole thing and uh, didn't necessarily feel like a deal like this could might not be there a month from now. And that said, how much also of it is creating opportunity for some of your younger players that you feel are close to ready to get a shot this summer to play? Yeah, that that plays a part. It wasn't the driving factor. And, and, and like I said, we weren't actively looking to make this deal now and to make something happen now. We weren't the aggressor, so to speak, in trying to, to find a trade uh, at this time. But when you have someone like Johnny Field who's come up and – has done the things that he's done, you know, and gives you some uh, optimism about him. You want to let him have that opportunity. And we have some guys in Durham that are playing really well, and you're going to, you know, want to give them some opportunity, you know, sometime in the near future. And and so at some point, somehow, some way, there was going to need to be some opening of space on the roster. And the timing, probably not perfect for where we are and some of the things that we want to see developmentally from some guys still in AAA. But it, it does open up some opportunity through the summer for even Johnny Field now and beyond to, to, to come up here and step up and try to be a part of our future. Generally, the, the question I hear from fans is concern over, hey, we're dumping salary as an organization. Is that all a factor in doing something like this? And, and how do you use the resources, if so, going forward? So the financial aspect of it? Yeah, I think economics are always a factor to some extent, and not just for us, but I think for all 30 teams uh, in their own ways. But uh, yeah, with respect to this, there is a financial savings component of it. Uh, ideally, that's something that, you know, there's an opportunity in the future um, 
either to help us acquire immediate talent or to, to fill a hole once the core is established. It just allows the flexibility uh, for us to potentially better time that up, you know, in a more ideal way than where we are presently. Uh, but want to make it clear that was not the motivator in this. It was, you know, Andrew Moore is a big motivator in this and how we have him evaluated and how he fits into to our group moving forward. That is Ray's senior VP and GM Eric Neander. Andrew Moore, by the way, will begin in AAA Durham after being traded from Seattle, and Tommy Moore will start his Ray's career in Bowling Green. Special thanks to Eric Neander and all of our guests on this holiday weekend, Ray's first baseman, DHCJ Crone, Durham manager, Jared Sandberg, Ray's, I guess, opener, Sergio Romo, as well as Malik Smith's grandmother, Willie Mae Footman, Ray's VP, Jennifer Tran, Willie Adamas, and Christian Arroyo for joining us, too. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons. Next week on the program, hear from Blake Snell and a Major League Baseball draft preview. For my producer, Len Martez, Neil Solons saying, stay tuned. The pregame show is next. Rays and O's. You're listening to the Race Baseball Network.